0: Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Deadwell and this is The Inspiration Show. I have a very special guest with me this month that's going to be talking uh, about mindfulness, uh, prosperity, uh, how to change habits, and basically how we can really improve our lives and, and help to make 2017 an incredible year for all of us. But before I get into uh, introducing my guest today and all of his story and content that he has to share, I just re- want to remind you that if you are watching this uh, inspiration show on YouTube, don't forget to click the link under after the show. Uh, so that you can take my 30-second quiz to figure out what is blocking you from success. So we can clear that for you and get you a 2007 year to be more amazing than ever. And of course, if you're watching this um, online, don't forget to leave your email so we can send you the Manifesting with the Master's video e-course. So please welcome my guest today, Mr. Dawa Tarchan-Phillips. How are you, Dawa?
1: Good. Hi, Natalie. Good to join you. Hi. Happy New Year.
0: Yes, same to you. Same to you. Um, Now uh, we, like I said, we have a. It's it's, we have more of a spiritual slant on what we're going to be talking about today. But what I love about what we'll be talking about is how spirituality actually permeates and works in cohesion with all of our things like, you know, how we want to change habits and create prosperity and, um, and do all those conscious kind of activities, which is so cool. But before we get into all that, why don't you just share a little bit about your story and how you got into doing this amazing work.
1: Well, myself, uh, mindfulness and awareness training has been one of the most transformative uh, practices and discoveries in my life since my early 20s. I've been practicing now for about uh, 25 years myself, and it's really allowed me to understand where I'm coming from, why I'm here, and where I'm going, and why that matters. And I think those are questions that a lot of people are having, increasingly given the fact that we live in such turbulent times, uh, where it is so, let's say, unclear just by looking around you to figure out what to use as a guidance system for a a happy, successful, meaningful life. So there's a a a switch that's happening where people are paying attention a little bit more about what's inside of them and how what's inside of them can be part of a guidance system that will help them direct themselves towards a life that actually, to them personally, feels fulfilling, meaningful, and impactful. And so mindfulness is getting a lot of attention for two reasons. One, because it's actually an evidence-based practice. Um, I'm director of education at a research center here in UC Santa Barbara that we've founded and uh, where we are actually looking into these contemplative approaches and looking what is the science behind them and how in fact do these practices help us change habits release limiting beliefs adapt successful perspectives and worldviews and mindsets and paradigms that actually can lead us into a different reality into the experience of a different life altogether where we experience a world that works more often than not and so Uh, From my perspective and in my experience, mindfulness and awareness practices are key because the the tools that we have to change our lives are our thoughts, our attitudes, what we imagine, our words and our actions. And so without exceptions, these five tools happen in the present moment. And if we're not here, we actually give up all control over our life and all our capacity to self-direct and to change things.
0: No, and I love how you're talking about the science. You know, we also, uh, at Mind Movies, do a lot of work with uh, Dr. Joe Spencer and Dr. Jeffrey Fannin, where we're brain mapping people as they're watching my movies and visualizing and and, and meditating and so forth. So there is a lot of science now that um, that shows that, you know, how these concepts that we talk about when it comes to mindfulness or law of attraction or whatever that is, how we can measure um, what's physiologically happening, but then also measure what's happening and the results that are happening in the world around us. So so uh, So how? E- I know, so for a lot of people I know that if they can just, you know, I was talking to a girlfriend last night, it's like if I can just get people to look the way that they normally look at something and just shift it so they're looking just over here and looking at something, it's a little bit of a different perspective, it can make such a massive difference um, to the results they, they have in their lives. You know How easy is it for us to be able to shift a thought like that or shift our habits like that?
1: Well, a habit is an interesting thing that basically consists of three elements. There is the the cue that initiates the habit, then there is the behavior, and then there's the reward that we get from the habit. And because we're getting the reward consistently from certain habits, then we, we get addicted to those habits, and we have a hard time changing them even though we don't like the results. And so different methods actually have evolved, uh, many of them mindfulness-based, that allow us to transform our habits. And there's ways that they can be done where we either focus on the cue and we are looking at how can we change our awareness of the trigger and uh, create more space, more options, more choice around the trigger, how we can shift behavior or how we can reallocate the... the um, the reward that we're getting. i give you an example. Let's say, for example, I have the habit to get angry every time somebody disagrees with me, and the reward I get from that is that I feel more powerful, I feel more in control. But the result that I get actually is that my relationships deteriorate, and I have less and less influence and less and less respect. So even though I like the reward, it's not producing the result I want in the world. And so, the one way that a leader can change that is, we can recognize that we can get a sense of uh, feeling powerful and in control also in a different way by, for example, being, um, how to say, uh, being in in charge of our emotions, being able to uh, use our words skillfully and to respond to a situation effectively. And so, I'm getting the same result, I'm feeling powerful and in control, but I'm getting that from a different habit, from a different behavior. While before I was getting that reward from getting angry, now I'm getting that reward from responding skillfully. And when I change that, I am actually able to change a habit quite rapidly, because I'm still getting the same reward. I have the same trigger, but I'm choosing a different behavior to get the reward. And that, that behavior then can be more in alignment with the long-term result that I'm actually trying to achieve. So there's a lot of research that, that shows that uh, mindfulness is very effective in helping us change our habits.
0: Yeah. And I know that uh, mindfulness has been, you know, a, a very uh, well-used word lately. Um, I see it popping up a, a lot, you know, when we're talking about leadership or when we're talking about children or when we're talking about, you know, uh, how to go about our day. You know, um, I know we've spoken before about what your definition of mindfulness is, but could you share that with us now?
1: Happy to. Yeah. So... I am um, CEO of a company called Empowerment Holdings. We focus on mindful leadership. And then through the work that I do in academia, we focus on mindfulness in education. And we really have a vision to make these tools accessible to all children and youth and also to all people of influence and people in, in uh, highly, highly leveraged roles, let's say, where really their change can affect a lot of other people's lives within our lifetime. The way that we want to define mindfulness is as a a present moment awareness or a focused attention that can be directed at will according to the uh, capacity and the interest and the choicefulness, let's say, of the practitioner. So we all have the ability to be present. We know from research and from science that we are distracted usually on average 30 to 50 percent of the time of our waking day, which means our mind wanders. Mm-hmm. our minds wander and they drift from different from topic to topic from thought to thought from perception to perception and if we're not aware of that ongoing activity we we may consider that we don't actually have a choice in that that what happens in our mind is not something we can take control over and but it's either one of two things either our mind controls us or we begin to control our mind now if we choose to control our mind we we learn that we can let go of thoughts, that once we become aware that we have become distracted, we can bring our mind back to an object of focus or an object of our attention. This is something that we call an anchor in mindfulness, which can be anything from a simple act of breathing to the physical sensation of uh, being present or of walking or sitting or being engaged in conversation. It just means that we have something that actually anchors us, that connects us to the present moment. And whenever we Um, How to say, whenever we uh, engage in that way, when we release thoughts in order to return our attention to the present, we cultivate the habit of open awareness or uh, non-centered, let's say, open present moment awareness. And there is a, a great quality that comes to that awareness, both in terms of cognitive flexibility, but also in terms of cognitive efficiency. Most of the time, people are preoccupied in their minds. They jump from thought to thought, from narrative to narrative, from storyline to storyline, and that gets exhausting. When we cultivate mindfulness in this way, that we actually learn how to consciously and choicefully let go and return to this present moment, we get access to a second state, which is what we call an open creative state, in which ideas and thoughts and feelings can manifest without necessarily being able to dominate our state of well-being or our ability to function, and so that becomes actually a very effective leadership tool because leadership is all about relationship and how we actually can show up in relationships.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I do the same thing. I try every ninety minutes because otherwise, uh, to take a break. Otherwise, I'm just in front of my computer all day, um, and then I'll do something like uh, something mundane, like unpacking the dishwasher. But I'll make sure that what I'm doing is I'm just focused on that, putting yeah. the on top of each other and then putting them in and just focusing on that one thing so it kind of helps me to get back into the present moment and to get centred again rather than thinking, oh, my God, I've got to get these emails done or I've got this listed to do. And, you know, so it, it sort of gets me back to, to that centre. So it helps me uh, navigate to my day much more effectively. But what are some of the other benefits people can, you know, uh, experience from, you know, practising mindfulness?
1: Well, there's a long list of uh, scientifically validated benefits that are, some of them are, like I said, uh, cognitive, uh, whether that's our working memory capacity or our intelligence. Some are emotional, our ability to recover from negative emotional states or our ability to actually uh, cultivate uh, positive emotional states. Some are physiological, Um, You know, just our ability to restore allostasis, which is the state of physiological balance and health and vigor that gets restored once we uh, reduce stress in our lives, and some are uh, also... um, how to say, uh, organizational benefits, let's say, how we're able to show up in relationships, how we're able to set up our work life, how we're able to set up our family life, how we're able to set up our relationship with our spouses or our friends. So there's a a number of benefits that come from that, that have all now been validated. Over the last 25 years, scientific research in mindfulness actually has multiplied a thousandfold. So... Mm. Every year now, over a 1,000 studies are being published on the the scientific benefits of mindfulness and meditative techniques. And there is a reason for that. Um, The reason is that actually these tools, as simple as they are, they improve people's experience. They allow them to stay more focused and actually get better results in life. But they also restore well-being. Like when you said, you know, I, I focus on one thing and suddenly... I begin to reconnect with my own life, with my own presence, with the things I see around me—a sense of beauty, a sense of aliveness, a sense of connection—and it's so simple, and it doesn't cost anything.
0: Exactly, and I know. And how often? I mean, especially now, we're, we're you know going into a new year. Uh, you know you look at last year and go whoa that went past so fast Um, you know we always seem to have that you know the years are going faster or you know you can get to the end of a day and go I really was like flat out all day I don't remember anything but I think by dropping back into doing this even if it's every couple of hours or every three hours just doing something to help you drop back into the, the essence of who we are and being more conscious about our day and, and seeing the meaning in it. And I think when we see the meaning and the understanding of what we know, what we're experiencing, it really helps to bring more joy, if anything else, um, you know, to, you know to, our, to our life and to our days.
1: Yeah, and we, we can make joy a choice. You know, oftentimes people think that they are uh, struggling or miserable because they have to be. Uh, But in fact, once we become present, we can actually notice that we have choice. We have choice in the way that we think about things. We have choice in the way that we cultivate attitudes and emotional states and emotional responses to events. And so part of the the benefit of this choice of mindfulness is that it actually brings more choice into our life so that we can choose joy.
0: Yeah. and
1: Rather than finding it occasionally.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and choose how we respond to different situations. And, and you know, like you were saying before, we can either choose to be, you know, angry or we can make this other choice. And this is what mindfulness helps to us do, like really figure out, well, if, if this is something that I don't like, then what is it that I do like? And then, you know, by just even taking a breath before that moment shows up, giving ourselves a moment to make a choice on how we choose to show up in that moment, which I think is super powerful. Um, we- yeah.
1: Go ahead Just to add one thing maybe, you know, we, we know that underlying all of our behavior is consciousness and uh, the, the, the awareness that we have and the choices we make within that awareness and the results that we see in the world come from the behavior but behavior is rooted in consciousness and I think what a lot of people don't realize is that they are completely free to cultivate different states of consciousness they don't need permission from anyone they don't need, um, how to say, no one can keep them from changing their state of mind if they want to. It is ultimate freedom. And so I think a lot of people are just beginning to grasp that this is something uh, revolutionary that will affect all areas of society as this understanding begins to spread throughout the world.
0: Yeah. Now, I know that you're doing um, a lot of work with, like, with children and with, with leaders of industry and, and corporations, um, but I know that you have a global summit coming up, that I wanted to just touch on that uh, before we go, because um, you've brought th- uh, together some incredible thought leaders and, and, and uh, you know, like I said, the, the people from all different types of walks of life. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the, why you put the summit together and what people can expect if they, if they join.
1: Yes, the event is taking place from March 1st to March 10th. Uh, It's an event that I'm co-founding with Eric Forbes, who actually is one of the founders of the Mindful Leadership Summit in Washington, D.C. that happens every year. And this is the first global mindful leadership online training event that's ever been put on. And it's called the Mindful Leadership Online Training Conference. It's happening from March 1st to March 10th. And As part of the conference, over 25 of the world's leading mindfulness experts, mindfulness teachers, mindful leaders, and also researchers and educators in this field actually are coming together to share their wisdom, share their expertise, and also share their personal stories about how they've come in contact with these transformative tools, how they've empowered themselves with these tools, and how they are actually now operating from a different paradigm from a different sense of personal empowerment and emotional and also um social clarity let's say and how they're able to have an impact in the world using these tools we have u.s congressmen participating we have uh some of the the top uh, online entrepreneurs and uh online marketers who've adopted mindfulness practices participating, but we also have some of the top meditation teachers in the world. So it's going to be an exciting summit. And the wonderful thing about doing it online is that actually people from around the world will be able to join it and will be able to hear these stories and learn these tools and have important takeaways to improve the results in their own life.
0: Yeah, I know it's so exciting and guys um, for you to register for this event, Uh, If you're watching this online, all you need to do is click the banner to the side of this video um, and it'll take you straight through to uh, to Dawa's page so that you can register for that event. Um, And obviously, if you're watching this on the app, you can actually click the banner underneath. Um, And it's uh, free to register. Is that right, Dawa?
1: It is completely free to register and you can uh, experience all the content of the summit for free. Now, if you like to own the content, to work with it on your own, in your own time, there is an ability to purchase all the content, all the videos, all the transcripts, all the audios, all the bonuses. But as uh, our guest, you can go through the entire experience and uh, actually consume and benefit from all the content completely for free.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dawa, um, for joining us. And like I said, guys, just click on the banner to the slide underneath um, so you can register for that event for free. Um, it is uh, an, a mind-expanding experience. And like Dawa said, he's brought so many different types of people together uh, to be able to, you know, ex- to it, really talk about their experience of how mindfulness shows up in their business, in their life, um, that you can also apply yourself. So thanks again, Dawa, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure talking to you, darling.
1: Here's the promise, you're not going to be the same after you watch this summit. I promise you that. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So, guys, I encourage you to share this video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Uh, don't forget, uh, after you've watched the show uh, and after you've registered for Dawah's um, tele Summit, make sure that you uh, do the 30-second quiz if you're watching this on YouTube so we can clear those blocks that are holding you back. Uh, And if you're watching this online, make sure you leave your email so we can send you the Manifesting with the Master's video e-course. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.